0: The show that is Dave and Giggles on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're listening to Dave and Giggles on Radio Free Brooklyn. Well, right now I'm in my basement, which, you know, when when things are slow, I, I rent it out as a hostage video place. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it does look like it yeah that 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 looks
0: pretty accurate hey uh, yeah. i do the exact same thing buddy i do the exact same thing <laughs> yeah you know you gotta listen you gotta pay your bills man you know well you see um we had a, a complete finished basement and i had a, a whole i did my first solo record like all the guitars and stuff here oh wow um and then, and then sandy kind of just wiped everything out right so like this basement's down to the concrete so I, I, I wanted to relearn Pro Tools, so because I have some. All of a sudden, the, the ideas for new songs are coming up, and yeah. since I can't go to the studio yet, I'll I'll start doing stuff here, and then I could email it the the files, and my my co-producer could put bass on it, and we could you know get get some new, scratch ideas down. We'll see what's next. Yeah,
1: but what, so, uh, so it, the
0: first the first backdrop I had was purple. That was my um, Amazon Prime purple tablecloth. <laughs> And that was good for a while, and sure. then and then I just I got like a, a pho- photography backdrop. But it looks it's the way it's folded, and it kind of looks like bricks, doesn't it?
1: It does look like bricks.
0: like, it's like, like I'm doing time.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, or you're in like some kind of basement where you're being held hostage. That's pretty
0: much. Hence the hostage uh, videos.
1: Did uh, Sandy destroy the basement?
0: Oh yeah, the water came up to the main floor and then some. Ugh. But the, but the, the you know the visual of it was like, I had all these photos down here, signed pictures and all my baseball stuff, you know, signed oh. Yankee stuff. Cause I'm a Yankee person growing up in the Bronx.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I,
0: so at some point in that night, I opened the basement door here on the, you know, from the main floor and there was a signed picture of Dick Clark floating at the top. <laughs> and I just went, Oh, this isn't good. No. But we got we got most we got like you know 99% of my musical stuff up. The 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 computer was gone, all the, my pedals, you know. But we got the guitars upstairs. When we knew that it was coming this way.
1: Yeah, I mean all that other stuff is replaceable. As long as you got the good stuff up.
0: Yeah, but dude, I had like I must have had 30 signed Yankee baseballs from like everybody and and you know, I put them outside and tried to dry them. So now I know what happens when you try to dry um, you know, what baseballs are made out of they they crumble they turn into like you know they just crumble it's they it's turn like into like cork. cardboard
1: right it's like cork on the inside right yeah yeah so that's gonna just like dry up and rot
0: that's exactly what happened yeah. right so that was that but you know i have a my way of looking at it was i called it god spring cleaning
1: what did uh, who did you whose uh, signatures and all stuff did you lose who were your prize uh
0: um, possessions? well i mean i had everything from you know back in the day um the one of the perks are we are we recording now we're we just chatting Are we live are we live we're, live. <laughs> we're talking with ricky, ricky
1: bird we're talking with ricky bird this is david giggles this is radio free brooklyn we're here with the ricky bird uh, what's uh, happening buddy
0: uh so i was going to tell you what sign baseball is ahead so yes. one of the one of the perks of being in bands is like it's like baseball players I mean, not every one of them, but there's, especially in the, in the nineties, that Yankee team loved, um, there were a few guys on that team that actually played like Paul O'Neill played drums and, you know, David Wells played guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie. So, so like musicians, all right, I'll just speak for myself. I love baseball players. Like, I'm not really impressed when I meet musicians. I've never really met Rod Stewart or, or Jeff. I mean, I have, I've met Jeff Beck, but like, uh, Eric Clapton, I've never met. I don't know, maybe I'd be like a little bit taken aback. But when I meet baseball players, <laughs> I get to be 12, you know, yeah. especially Yankees. So, so, you know, over the years I would just get, um, I would just get baseball signed. And then what happened was, um, uh, I was friends with, uh, or we were friends with Bobby Mercer and, you know, we're still friends with his wife Kay and, you know, obviously Bobby passed away, um, I don't know, 10 years now, must yeah, be something like that, but, um, Uh, Kay invited me a couple of times to old timers day, you know, and I would go up in the suite, which was cool. Where all the, all the old timers were on the field and then they'd come upstairs and, and I would just like walk around and Hey, Horace Clark, can you sign this for me? You know, like
1: (laughs) amazing,
0: you know, but the funny thing about that, the one year, the year that we were inducted into the rock hall. So 2015. So the induction I think was in, yeah, it was in April, April 18th. Then they show it on um, HBO, you know may or something like that that old timers day i was upstairs in the room and like they were coming over to me that's amazing <laughs> like somebody it's a guy comes over he goes uh mr bird uh, ricky henderson would like to take a picture with you and i was like get
1: up you know? <laughs> that's so awesome
0: that's so, <laughs> yeah, so. like that was my favorite year you know so yeah. i lost a lot of i had jeter and and um, you know bernie of course and i played with bernie a couple of times too oh, at, at, at events um, he's a good player he's a good player oh he's great kidding me he's great yeah, he's a great player yeah well, so you came cool.
2: out unscathed you're still alive you still got a, a great head of hair and you have got that. like a a, a like history of rock and roll that like really like you've been around i don't say i don't age you but you've been around for a while
0: you've yeah. been like doing that this. train that train's left the station brother <laughs> <laughs> That's well somebody just told me uh i was on social media and somebody said wow man Congratulations, I Love Rock and Roll was 40 years ago. I was like, excuse me? 40. <laughs> really? So I think I've actually – now, I don't, I don't
2: know if you can remember this, but I think you've actually uh, played at Gulfstream Park in Hallandale Beach, Florida. I don't, do you remember or no? Do you – like, you don't re- do you re- remember. you remember everywhere? So ago. a horse racing track. I feel like Joan Jett and the Blackhearts played Gulfstream Park in Hallandale Beach, Florida – in like I want to say like 1999
0: to like no, 2003. No. No? I was I, I played with it from 81 to 91. Okay, gotcha. You know, I right. was all, after after Joan. I was off with Roger Daltrey and Ian Hunter and everything else I've done.
2: Gotcha. So that was after your time. So yeah. you would you wouldn't have been there. All right. So I I, I thought I I thought I saw you.
0: But all those I guitar didn't. players look the same.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so amazing. Um, well, I do want to mention that the new album is out, Sobering Times, and uh, I spent the last two days listening to it. It's a great album, my friend.
0: I appreciate that. We worked hard on it, and um, I'm, I'm happy with the results.
1: That's awesome. Uh, did you record it through the pandemic?
0: We, we, we started the record in um, 2000, late 2018 and finished it um, right like the, my last studio day was like the beginning of March or something like that. And, um, and, and it didn't take that whole time. It was because of scheduling actually probably three and a half months, maybe if, if it was back to back days, but, um, we had a couple of things left. It was already kind of mixed. And then, you know, what happens, you take it home and you want to remix some things and, and we mastered it and stuff. So we did that by phone, which was kind of cool. Oh. Um, and, um, that was that. So, okay. We were f- finished really with it in, uh, Maybe middle of March or something like that. Completely, okay. you know, signed off on it.
1: So this, this like, couple months ago, or no, like no, no. Or no, last, last year, last month. That's what
0: I thought. Last I March, like, yeah,
1: yeah. That so it, you finished it and then right the at pandemic.
0: Hits. Well, no, the pandemic. Yeah, I was in a studio. Technically, I finished it before the pandemic hit, and then you take it home and you start finding things that you want to remix. Mm. You know, tweak a little bit, right? And and it wasn't MasterJet, master, Jet, master Jet, So we had to do that. So um, we just did it by phone. I I always record uh, me and my co-producer Bob Stander out at a place called Parcheesi Studios, which is in Huntington, uh, Long Island. Sure. Um, So I couldn't go there, but we technology is such now that where we could mix it in in real time.
1: Yeah, that's really cool.
0: See the album before Clean Getaway, we he would like I'd leave the studio, let's say, one in the morning, right? He'd send me a mix and I would get, get home. I'd listen to it and I would text him notes and we'd have to go back and forth like that, which was tedious at best. Um, you know, louder, no lower, no this, no that, you know. right. But this year, I don't know how long the software has been around, but um, we did it in real time. He said, no, man, this is cool new thing. Like you just go online and and I'll give you the link and we're doing it in real time. Now, that's not to say that it was like it would stop. It would like freeze every once in a while. Sure, Sure. But it was pretty cool, you know.
1: That is really cool. I mean, that's the one thing that, like, the pandemic has showed us is like, we don't really have to go anywhere. We could pretty much do, we could do everything from a setup yeah. like this,
0: you know. It's so like, we've all become la- lazy bastards. Yes, what,
1: exactly happened. what we've become. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's just like, let me just make sure I'm close enough to the refrigerator and you know Netflix, and that's all. I, that's all that, I need. That's all I need. I did uh, not
2: to to segue here, but I just finished a show called The Last Pirate Kingdom right. or The Lost Pirate Kingdom. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you're into pirates, but uh, I got a little. I of I, I,
0: I, have, I have been called a pilot, a pirate, not a pilot, <laughs> a pirate.
2: <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it's decent. It's good. It's good. Like you know, the CGI is okay. You know, they didn't throw a lot of money into the to the CGI, but you know, it's like a good pirate sort of show, and there's like six
0: episodes. I enjoyed it. So uh I like it. listen, I, I love I grew up on Errol Flynn, mm. and um he was always swashbuckling something. And um and I and I like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie.
1: The first oh, one I loved. Please. Then they got like they got a little weird as the time went on. But the first yeah. one was
0: great. Excuse me, Keith is his father. Come I know on,
1: Keith as his father is perfect. <laughs> it's really ideal. And I'm sure Johnny pushed for that real hard. That, oh listen, yeah. Because
0: he Keith. he said that he was basically doing Keith. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
1: the, the, the fact that Keith is still with us, it's like that man is that man is impenetrable, you know?
0: Yeah, it's. um. He's like, like, you know, when they talk about like like in community support group meetings, which I still attend 33 plus years later in my recovery, there's like he is the one thing that like busts all the rules they talk about. It's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's still right. around. He's fine. You know, it's, it's, he's done everything. I think
1: he did. He did quit cigarettes. I think, like that was yeah. the one thing he was like, "All right, I can't do this anymore." So,
0: like, I just read something. I don't know how old it was. It, it said he just said he just had enough of everything. You so know,
1: amazing. And it's just it's on his terms. He's like, "All right, I'm I'm cool." Yeah,
0: me me. They had to pry pry it out of my hands. You know, <laughs>
1: that's amazing. Well, I mean, that's what pretty much the album is about. The last two albums. have Yeah, been yeah, about. yeah which is really amazing what um the one thing i really found about the album with listening through it is that like everything is really like uplifting like you're talking about very heavy things but the album is still very uplifting which is very interesting
0: yeah well um no need to bum anybody out sure (laughs) i i mean the, the deal is i have a couple of rules with these records all right why did i do these records so uh, 2012, I wrote a song called Broken is a Place with my pal Richie Super. That was the first recovery song ever that I that I've ever written. I never even thought to write one. And um, and it, it came out of the fact that I was kind of feeling kind of squirrely. I went down to his house in Florida. Now, Richie co-wrote Amazing with Stephen Tyle. He's like a famous songwriter, friend of mine for like years and years. Um, I went down, we wrote broke as a place. I came back to New York. I did a quick demo and I put it online and I started getting messages from people around the world. Like, dude, you tell my story. Like, I mean, I don't understand this is like my life here in this song. So I kind of like a light went off in my head and it said, well, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I could combine, you know, cause in my recovery world, our gig is to like, help people that are struggling. That's, that's what we do. That's how we stay clean and right. sober. Right. And then we keep passing it on. I never thought to do like combine my, my career and, and uh, you know, my music with recovery. So, so I wrote a second song. And then a third. once I had like five or six songs, I reached out to a treatment facility and which I met as I was doing, you know, I was doing like recovery of charity events, like raising money for a treatment facility since like 2008. So Mm -hmm. I I met a lot of people and I met these people in Florida. I called them. They said they had um, facilities in Jersey and I started doing recovery music groups there. Um, and, um, and that was the beginning of me doing those groups. You know, I, I called them, I said, what if I came to your place with a, an acoustic guitar and some recovery songs? And I, dude, I had no clue what I was talking about, but you know, I knew, I, I, knew how, I knew how to be a musician and I knew how to, you know, I was a recovery guy. So I started doing those and the response I got from the clients sitting in front of me was overwhelming that I was doing the right thing. Like yeah. they were identifying with the lyrics, you know, um, and the, the other thing is they would come over to me after the groups and they say, like, where can we get to, how can we get this music to take home? Yeah. So after procrastinating for months and months, I said, well, let me do a record. And that's where Clean Getaway came from. That's where the Clean Getaway record came from. So And, and what happened since I recorded that record is I started doing treatment facilities around the country as well as high schools in this. And I always bring a stack of Clean Getaway records. I mean, eventually I'll, I'll bring Sobering Time records when I can get back out there. And I would give them to the clinical directors and I say, listen, when the person completes treatment, give them a copy, that's so cool. you know? And so that's what, that's what we, that's what, that's what I was doing for that record. And then when I finished, when clean getaways run was done, um, I sat down with my guitar and I don't, it takes me a few months before I even want to look at the guitar. <laughs> I get it Uh, because I have nothing to offer it. it, You know, we look at each other like, like deers in the headlights. Like I got nothing. What do you got? Nothing.
1: You're just like, all right, everything's drained.
0: Yeah. There's nothing left. So what happens to me all the time is I'll pick it up. One day I'll just be sitting there and it'll look at me me and I pick it up uh, and I'll put on like a John Lee hooker record or or a Slim Harpo or, you know, Albert Kings and I'll play along with it. That's my re-entry into the world of guitar.
1: So like you go back to the early
0: blue, you, you, yeah, I'll just put a, I mean, it could be anything I'll put on a record and I'll just, you know, vinyl and I'll just play along with it just for fun. After a while of doing that, I'll start going, Hey, that's interesting. What's that? (laughs) I never played that riff before. Uh, and, and that'll turn into like a chord pattern and then I'll start automatically playing something and I'll start humming a melody. See, then what I immediately do is I open the draw and I pull out my handheld digital uh, recorder, because if I leave it for even an hour, I'm going to forget the melody. Sure. Of course. Uh, I mean, I used to say, well, if I can't remember the melody the next day, then it was pretty crappy. But now it's just like, no, nah, you just can't remember anything.
1: can't remember anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so uh, um, I'll put Except that Except for down.
1: Wednesdays is,
0: is, is garbage. Yeah, it's garbage. Take the garbage out. It's Wednesday. Right. <laughs> but, um, so then I'll put that down, and then what happens? Is I take a blank piece of paper, and I will just you know wait for that first line to come with me, to come to me. And I always feel like um, it's not even the title most of the time. It's like if I get that first line, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's good. Let's let's keep going. Let's follow that yellow brick road and see where. How it does that us. first
1: line come to you? Is it just kind of like
0: if just... you if you play the chord pattern enough and mumble enough. Like I've been known when I co-write, I'll send somebody this uh, this digital handheld. If I want to co-write it, I'll, I'll put down what I just said and then I'll email it to somebody and, and I'll say, yeah, I got nothing. And they'll say, no, no. What did you say in that first verse? I said, I didn't say anything. Say, said, no, no, you did. What's that second mumble? What's and that- I'll go back and I'll, and I'll go back and, you know, it'll say something like, you know, I enjoy being a pirate. And they'll go, no, that's great. Let's, you, you know. You and can use that on going. the
1: next album. I enjoy being a pirate.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that's that's how it ha- happens. And and what happened is I started to write, um, and I'm and so understand that I'm still going around doing these recovery music groups. I'm very in deep with the whole recovery universe. You know, you heard of the Marvel Marvel universe. I'm entranced in the uh, recovery universe. Right. And um, I started writing lyrics. Not I wasn't going to like. Oh, let's write in a second. You know so, uh, second album with the same uh, subject matter but it just started happening yeah and and i would get every time i do a treatment facility like i would do it's like interactive like i'll tell a little bit my story i'll play a song from clean getaway then i'll talk a little bit more then i'll say hey anybody got any comments questions somebody will say something like oh you know i relapsed because of the and i'll make a mental note of a good subject hmm. and and so I'll, I'll write a song about that that's and really- that's how the songs for this record came about
1: that's really cool. I was I was reading one of your uh, uh, things where you're talking about it kind of felt like you're gearing up for like a Broadway like play where you're like kind of like testing out the waters of like doing those shows and then like feeling like, OK, I'm, I'm going to get this ready and c- come out with like a full like album. Completely, as it were. Completely.
0: Yeah. yeah I and mean, th- those recovery music groups are my um, like like. You know, I I love I love old stuff from the twenties and thirties. The Marx Brothers they would record they would do their movies in Astoria, see?
1: Yeah.
0: And they would be doing um uh they would do it they'd be doing one of them on Broadway, they'd be filming the movie in Astoria, but they would take the the play on the road first right. and play Sheboygan and all these other places to to work out the lines right yeah. to work out yeah. the stuff, and then they'd wind up on Broadway. Yeah. So so that's my yeah, that's my Broadway. It's like I go to these places and I play these songs and I'll go nah. nah." if I don't get a response from the clients that I'm looking for, which is either, you know, identification, laughing, crying, you know, some some sort of response, then maybe I got to either keep working on the song or it's actually not as good as I thought it was. (laughs) And I'll move on to the next one. And then eventually I have this this body of work that I'm going, Okay, this is good. Let's let's record this. Have you
1: thought about because when I was reading that and I I kind of was like thinking of like, you know, like when Bruce Springsteen did Broadway, Mm -hmm. he kind of had this like storyteller kind of like interaction thing. Did you have you thought about like doing like a a show where it's kind of like interactive with the audience and it's kind of like a storytelling of all your old stories and like kind of like recovery and all that?
0: I think about a lot of things. I can uh, think of that
1: being a really big play, especially in if, if the Catskills,
0: in if the Catskills were still around. I'd be doing two sets of comedy at the freaking Nevelly or something. I'd be there I'd at be this there. point, you know, because I, mean, I played up there too when I was a teenager. But that's a whole oh, other. I love the
2: Catskills. I love oh, yeah. the Catskills.
0: Yeah, I could tell you any t- like that's that was I was so lucky to be part of. I was in the rock band in the Catskills when I was like sixteen. Wow. But I used to go watch the comedians every night. And then I'd sit in the coffee shop. So all, all the entertainment would go to the coffee shop, which was open 24 hours. And I'd sit there as a 16, 17 year old kid listening to these wonderful comedians that some of them were Arnett Sullivan or something. And some of them never really broke, but they were big up there. And it was basically Broadway Danny Rose is what it was. Wow. But I, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah,
2: no, that's that's what we were talking about. I, I mean, uh, let I, me give I, a quick sounder. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dave and Giggles. We got Ricky Bird, uh, Rock and Roll Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame uh, Honoree, 2015, uh, hanging out with us for the next, uh, you know,
0: whistle Joan Jett we're, and the Blackhearts.
2: Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Yeah, I, didn't, I My notes are I, on another desk. I,
0: I didn't just walk in there myself, man. You know, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was yeah. part of that band. You know, and 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 God bless Joan for, uh, you know invited me to uh, be part of the festivities that night. Very cool. But how you did, were saying you were saying uh, doing a storytelling thing. Yeah. yeah, all these things are cool. I mean, I got people saying, dude, you got to do like a recovery, like entertainment podcast. I'm like, I don't even have time to, you know, I just want to, it's summer. Can I just watch the, the Yankee games? Yeah, no, just watch the Yankee games.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. Have you gone to any? Have you thought about going to any of
0: the games? Um, I, we'll see how the summer yeah. pans out. I mean, when we lived in the city, I was going to like, Oh my God! Like I had season tickets, so I was there all the time. When we moved out to, to uh, Queens, it became a little bit more. Um, I mean, it's a long trek, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, my daughter and I, we went. We we usually go to two three games a year. But I don't know what's happening. We didn't go last year, obviously.
1: Right. Yeah. We'll
0: see. I mean, I, I They're believe having me, a
1: Rocky start. They're having a rocky start.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mind. I I, I don't mind uh, laying on the couch watching a ball game. It's I got, see, I got all my stuff. See. I got my refrigerator. I got like I got like Entenmann's donuts if I want. I got you know, right. Uh, and it can you talk cost a little bit it. about uh, guitars
2: yeah. for? V- I want to ask you about guitars for vets because I, I have uh, another buddy of ours. I'm wearing my sweatshirt. Of- there yeah, there you go. It's good. It's a good sweatshirt. Um, another buddy of ours. It, it actually gang-
0: is a. It is a good sweatshirt. Actually, uh, besides anything else, it's a, it's a very uh, I want to wear it every day sweatshirt. I've got
2: a few of those, and for the past
1: uh, year, it's a perfect thing to wear every day.
0: Yes. They're just so
2: comfortable. Yeah, um, go ahead. But uh, the, the, the goal of this uh, this this uh, organization is to sort of help vets through their PTSD by playing guitar. And and it's actually used, the, the, there's research that's shown that it's helped. And uh, w- tell us a little bit about this and kind of like what's going on with the future with this. Well, and- I mean, I,
0: I'm very new at it. Like, I was approached by Patrick, who found me on social media, and um, he said, listen, check this website out um, and he explained to me what it was and i was like yeah man absolutely like i mean i have people that were in uh did a couple of tours um it didn't turn out well um a family member but um you know i'm, I'm out there to try to help in all different directions and he also said look it's about it's ptsd but it's also has to do with vets that are in recovery or struggling or want to be in recovery yep. Uh And um and I was just like, yeah, I'm in. What do we got to do? So he said we may do something in June, or there's going to be some sort of a online thingy. And uh, I said, meanwhile, send me this sweatshirt, and I'll
1: wrap it. <laughs> it as much as I can. Literally yeah. all year long. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, uh, they've they've already seen it in the house, and I don't. It's not like I'm out doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I've done um, I've done a lot of this stuff. I've done I've I've actually made um good use of of zoom and stuff i've done a bunch of recovery events in the last year and um i haven't done much playing as far as you know going on social media like some of some people some of my friends and they do like an hour or something like that i haven't done that i mean i've played at the very beginning i did one song or something from the record just like hey this is what's coming up soon cool but i haven't been um i'm gonna wait i'll just wait
1: I watched um, uh, the one of the sh- Zoom things you did, mm-hmm. uh, the Stone Cold Sober one that you did with uh, Paul Williams. Oh, that was well, really I good. Paul. Yeah, I know. I I worked on the documentary, uh, the Paul Williams documentary. He's such a fascinating
0: individual, and he's just a lovely guy. And I can't wait to meet him in person. I mean, we were supposed to have lunch because you know, he's the ass cap uh, Yeah, uh,
1: you know, the old, like yeah. We're, cheese Man, or yeah exactly
0: and he's the big cheese so um I, we were gonna have lunch when he was in new york and then this happened but i was really grateful to be able to do that um that event with him and uh, kind of sort of chat with him like that i mean we we've only chatted on twitter like messaging each other yeah it's i really sent cool. him my record i sent him the clean getaway record and i remember getting a response back saying have you been reading my mail <laughs> and I thought that was a, that was a great compliment.
1: That is a good compliment. <laughs> from Paul. Yeah, I mean he's very very outspoken about all yeah. recovery. So
0: and and listen, I've never I've I've never been anonymous about my recovery. I'm anonymous about the ways that I do it because there's certain you know I follow a certain direction about that. If anybody wants to know how I'm clean and sober all these years, I'd be happy to talk to them talk to them in private. But um, you know, recovery is like an umbrella term. Yeah um and uh you know and i do still i will say that i still go to as many community support group meetings on zoom as as possible and obviously when this isn't happening i love going in person i have tons and tons and tons of friends in recovery and people you know tons of friends that aren't in recovery
1: i saw that you were a uh, certified uh, counselor is that is that true or is that something i'm oh, certified
0: I-, I think it it's certified i'm certified applicable right right <laughs> yeah yeah. It was a misprint. Yeah. Misprint. <laughs> yeah a, a couple of years ago, I went to school. Um, uh, I took a uh, re- recovery coach. I'm certified as a recovery coach and I'm certified as a counselor, which is in training until I get like 6,000 hours, which means if I don't work four days a week, I'll be 90 years old by the time I get 6,000 hours. <laughs> but we always think about it as a day at a time. So. And, and I did get to work a little bit before the pandemic at a wonderful place out in Staten Island called Christopher's reason as a counselor. And I loved it. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to do, um, more of that maybe a couple of days a week, I would love to get a job as a, a counselor at a place. I think that'd be so cool. I mean, I just really. love doing it. Yeah. You know? And I think I would be really good at it. Once I do it a lot A recovery coach, um, You know, I think I just got my first client um, with that. You know, I'm just.
1: And that's different from being like a sponsor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You help with a whole bunch of other things. Right. Really get in the weeds with with people about how to like live, you know. I mean, some people, they come out of this, they don't know how to, you know, do their checkbook or or find social services or, you know, some saying. So it's it's way beyond that. But um, there's so much. It's just like I got this record out, right? So I've, I've been doing interviews like crazy and see the way this came out. So I told you, it finished in March of 2020, but I, you know, I did a crowdfunding thing. So people were um, helping me put the record together and I just wanted to get it out already to them because they've been waiting for so long. So we, we did a soft release uh, on my website only on uh, September 25th, uh, 2010. 20, which is my was my 33rd uh, clean and sober anniversary. Oh, cool. I thought it would be cool to do on that day. So that's that was that. And then um, uh, BFD heard the record, said we would love to distribute this record to me. So then it was like, oh, OK, well, you know, all right. Well, how long is it going to take? They say it'll take a couple of months. So it came out April 9th. You know, it's worldwide now. I've been told it's in all um, record stores like Walmart and whatever record stores around the country, hopefully eventually around the world. And it's on all the um, online stores, all the portals. And then if somebody wants a signed copy, they could uh, just go to rickybird.com. And I always throw in some like swag in there, like guitar picks and stickers and stuff like that
1: very cool we are david giggles we're talking with ricky bird ricky bird.com with a y bird with a y
0: ricky bird.com yeah. do that
1: and uh, we're talking about his new album sobering times uh one yeah. listening to the album i really felt like there was a, obviously a theme of of uh you know of rehabilitation but also um a helping hand whether it's a helping hand coming from you or a, or, you know, you are you getting a helping hand and it's kind of like this overarching arching theme was was there someone there for you when you were when you Oh, were, of course. Yeah,
0: because a lot of people go. Yeah, through I mean, I, it, uh, the deal with me was um, and, and, you know, let's be clear, like, you know, were there people that did I, I used for 18 years, right? So from the time of when I was 13 um, and um, there were people in this world that did more. Uh, drugs and alcohol than me. And there were people that did less drugs and alcohol than me. The point is what happened to me when I did drugs and alcohol, you know, right. and, and where it was going. And it wasn't looking good at that point at the end. So, um, you know, I, I did too much. Uh, I probably did too much too often. And, you know, by the grace of God, I got out before uh, my demise. Um, but I, but the point is, I, I consciously made an effort to stop when I was turning 30 Hmm. And that year was the real tough year. I mean, I never really tried to stop before that. I mean, I was in, on the road all the time. It was kind of part and parcel—not with everybody, but the people I hung out with. What it was, right. um, and and the illusion of rock and roll of that whole thing. So, um, I would have if I would have a bad time or something, I may try to stop for a day or something. But it would always like all it would take is I was easily led. Let's put it this way, that way, you know. um or or take you know two heinekens and i'm making phone calls
1: oh man so uh,
0: that's the thing so so the point is or two heinekens you know and then i'm having a jack daniels and then i'm making phone calls but either way the phone call absolutely came at some point in the night and when you're Uh, around all those
1: people those phone calls are really easy to get right the
0: yeah 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 yeah. so so I, i turn in 30 so from 30 to 31 and i and i have my diary from that year um Oh, wow. It was every day was the same. Like, today, just going to go out to have dinner. I'm going to have club soda. Dah, dah, dah. And the next day it was like, OK, so today I'm going to go out to oh, just man. have club soda. And this went on from, you know, that went on from that whole year up until September where I ran into somebody at a wedding. We were at a wedding and they put us at a table with people, you know, obviously. And um, there was a girl sitting next to me that we used to um, party with. And I leaned into her as I would at a, a social uh, event and asked her uh, my two favorite words at the time, which were, you holding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I just got the whole rap, man. It's like, no, I'm in this thing, and I go to these places, and I don't, you know. Yeah. And, I, and immediately I was just like, good for you, you know? And it's like looking around the room for another victim. <laughs> but she, she kept talking, man, you know? And after about 10 minutes, it was it was like Charlie Brown. And all I heard was like, wah, 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 right. wah, wah. But she planted a seed, which is what I try to do now with these songs. Um, and, and that night, September 25th, uh, 87, um, I, I was standing in front of the mirror, quite uh, uh, 12 sheets to the wind, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I, I picked the phone up and I called her. And she took me to my first uh, recovery joint the next day. Wow. And I, That's and wild. I just loved it. you know. I, I walked into this place and, and I was like, you know, 87 so i still was in rock uh, you know uh, i was in in my rock leather right like some yeah little- some like i don't know what the word i was trying to find regalia <laughs> Is <that it>? regalia <laughs> regalia
1: yeah rock regalia yeah
0: yeah and um and everybody like there were people in suits and there were people like and and i was like well i have nothing to do with this but then they started ch- talking and i was like oh that's interesting yeah, 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 yeah. That I get that. Oh, yeah, that's that's me, that's me. Yeah. Which is what broken is a place. Back to that story, when that people heard that song, and, and started messaging me saying, "Oh, you tell my story." That's what made me keep going. That was the beginning of it. Mm. And all these years later, man, I still love the effect of going to a community support group meeting. I love the camaraderie. I mean, listen. After all, we all want to. We all want to be part of something.
1: Sure. You know, I mean, that's yeah, why I, mean, I joined a band. Right, exactly. That's why you started a band. You,
0: know, you just want to or, be part or, of something. Or even, when, you know, when I was 14, joining, playing in garage bands, you wanted to be part of something where you, you had common ground, you know, with yeah. everybody else. You had a common bond.
1: Right. Um,
0: and, and, um, and then see, you know, as you get older, you make some, sometimes you make some mistakes, you join up with the wrong crew and you, or you're the leader of the wrong crew.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, believe me, I, I was not innocent. I was a catalyst as well as a, as a partaker. Sure. And 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 then I found a place that it's like a different way of life, and that's the deal, you know. And listen, I, I haven't, I've made uh, several errors in judgments in thirty three years, some minor, some major, but you know, I haven't picked up a drink or a drug. So that's uh, give the man a cigar, and you just keep trying to be better every day. Right. Yeah. Congrats, if you don't, man. if you don't that's put amazing. that, thank you, sir. Yes, if you don't, if you don't stop doing the stuff, then you have no chance of becoming better. See, at least when you're, you're clean and sober, you have a shot at it. Not that doesn't. Sometimes you don't achieve those things, or you achieve it sometimes, and then you go like left or right, you know. But you just keep trying to be a better person, kind to other people, you know. Try to give back. Um, what life's all about. Yeah, well, that's exactly what life's is all about. Yeah. Here's here's my question to you:
2: is is it just like, is it just that like drugs and alcohol and stuff? It's just so like readily available to humans, and we just we we have a a, a a, a, i us say a thin bar but it's like oh that looks good that we were kind of like that that monkey brain that oh, i'll i'll try that i'll sniff <laughs> this like yeah well, I mean, what's gonna happen you know like is it just I or think, the, is it trauma is it just a lot of things like well being I a know, guy, like yeah go ahead
0: being a guy that's gone to some had some schooling now um and been around a long time there's so many reasons why people wind up where they wind up some of them are genetic like you know i have alcoholism in my family my dad and his grandfather both died of this disease um and maybe people that i don't even know you know uh in in my family but um and then there's so there's that side of it because it's a disease right like it's it's a part of your brain that when somebody that has this thing um, you, you do something that's pleasurable, it, 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 it connects with the receptors in that part of the brain, and it kind of lights up like a, like a pinball machine, right? It's like, more!
1: Give it to me, know, give it to me. You know, yeah, you
0: know, mango love candy. You <laughs> know. You know, and, and then there's people, that, they'll tell you, well, I don't have anybody in that family, my family like that, so it's, but it's gotta start somewhere, right? And then there's situational, like people that are, live in an environment where everybody's drinking and drugging, there's that, there's trauma, you know, PTSD. There's like there's all kinds of reasons why people get into this. And not everybody becomes somebody where the first one is is too many and a thousand is never enough. Not everybody becomes that person. There are people that have spots in their life that are troublesome and they go crazy for a while. And maybe they'll go to a community support group meeting for a little while and then they're just fine. They didn't really have the the genetic or the the clinical side of it, what they had was they were just trying to mask some of the pain that they were going through. And then when it was over, it was over. Hmm. But then there were people that when they do the first one, it it starts off this cycle of compulsion and obsession. And it could be dude, it could be going to Atlantic City. It could be hookers. It could be, you know, making money. It could be shopping. You know, it's anything that's like pleasurable like that. um, If you can't do it, you know, in moderation and, and, and it takes over your life, then there's there's something that it's an issue to, that needs to be dealt with somehow.
1: Right. Addiction.
0: God, it's I tough. almost sound like a counselor.
1: I know you sound real good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so
2: can you crazy. use one of these hours uh, for the David yeah, Giggles yeah, exactly. radio? Does this count as you're uh, towards the
0: 6,000? Just remind everybody I'm a pirate, God damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that um I, I've heard so much throughout the year was that, like, the pandemic was really like a a a catalyst for for addiction which is is you know like the idea that you're just like home you're you're not going out and you're just like kind of wallowing in your own did you find that when you were doing a lot of zoom stuff that like it kind of helped or was it not well, prevalent
0: the the um rate of of relapsed overdoses has gone up I think between twenty and thirty percent, for sure. Yeah. See, the one thing you didn't mention is fear factor. Like, whereas we as humans, fight or flight. You know, um, you're in New York, no? Yeah, I am. Okay, so what was like March? Last March was like it was like a Steven Spielberg movie here, wasn't it? it was it was yeah it was like a zombie you know, apocalypse. I mean. And... Yeah, it was frightening to tell. Like even in my neighborhood, there was am- there were ambulances going by every five minutes, and
1: yeah, your neighborhood was really bad. And
0: and the news and and um you know and and Cuomo's morning you know chats, which I found were very helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as a calming factor, um, and. Uh, fear was a big part of a lot of people, um, using, and, and as an excuse to use was the pandemic. And I mean, all I thought about was like all those people that were on the fence about just about maybe trying recovery. And then this hit and you know, everything shut down, like, you know, rehabs, treatment, detoxes, like everything was very tight. Um, and, um, all I could think about was, you know, being somebody who justified running out. I'll be back in 15. I just going to cop some blow or some dope, you know, like in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. But there's a pen. Pand- no, no, I'll be fine. I'll be, okay. I'll be okay. It'll be fine. Be okay. My
1: dealer's yeah. still de- going out. It's fine. Yeah.
0: I got this. It's, it's fine. I'll be right back. You know? So, so like I was very grateful that I have, like, at least I'm on this side of the of the fence where I could look at it and, and people have asked me, how did you deal with it? So, um, I mean, I, I, have, I do have um, uh, over three decades of a toolbox filled with, with ways to, to cope
1: right.
0: that I've learned over time. So that helped, right? Um, I, I can honestly say, yeah, I had moments where I woke up in a panic, but I wasn't like like the world is ending. I knew that we, we've been through this once before, you know, in, in uh, uh, 1918, and we didn't have a vaccine. And, and you know, 800,000 people died, perished. Right. But then it was over. You
2: weren't around back then, right? You were. I hope not. not. Uh, (laughs) What
0: are are you you saying? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to
2: lighten it up a little bit. Sorry. We were getting real uh, heavy.
0: (laughs) Well, I was, no, I'm going to get light. What happened after the 1918 pandemic was uh, the roaring twenties. Right. Yeah. That's very true. Where everybody threw the hats up in the air and went to Broadway and went to, you know, the Yankees, 1923 Yankee stadium opened and, you know, so so it, I knew that it was going to end you know but it's it was easy by if you over and also we're all or some of us are addicted to the drama so like you can't stop watching the news right you know so that uh, even if you don't think it's getting to you subconsciously it's driving a stake through your whole part you know it's like so true. what the hell's going on out there exactly
1: i mean i think we all became addicted to the news last year because we had yeah. nothing else to do so we're just sitting there just cycling through story after story after story and they're all just getting
0: to you deep inside although although i did i did watch a lot of everybody loves raymond and king of queens i got to be honest with you
1: Right, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But
0: the point, but the thing is, like you know, I got through it by. Um, I, Mine I was Seinfeld,
1: the, by the way. I watched a lot. Yeah, of... No, I,
0: I didn't even have to mention that because that goes without saying. It <laughs> goes
1: without saying, right?
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I, from from what I do in 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 recovery, like I put on my my social media page. Hey, look, if anybody's freaking out, if you're in struggling, you know, in recovery or out, PM me if you want to have a chat. You know, um, and I did get quite a few people. You know, asking me questions and stuff like that. And also, uh, I, I went to a ton, like for the first six months, I think I was on a community support group meeting. I found a wonderful one out of Florida that I'm, you know, I still go to, like a men's meeting. And um, I was on there every day. And, and I, I don't know what to tell you. It just made things better, <laughs> you know, because you're sharing your fear, fear, fear and feelings with other people and not keeping them inside where they fester and become this giant pod of right. uh, oh we're all gonna die
1: yeah and it's a shared experience where it's like you can yeah. you can you can identify with that person and that person maybe not that person but then that person you know like it's that shared experience of being in a yeah, band
0: exactly you know? and and also look say what you want about you know whatever your feelings of of uh, cuomo are but his his conversation was straight up and then he would st- start talking about his mother's sauce i mean right and and or and, I, and, and that, boyfriend, yeah, and that was what we needed at the time. It's true. It, it was like, all right, so cool. Take your mind. Uh, and then we turn to each other and we go, yeah, I know. My grandmother used to make it just, like, you know. For, so yeah. for a few minutes, you know. So he was. I thought he was great during that time. You know. Besides all of the stuff that everybody talks about, sure, obviously, sure.
1: right. We don't have but to, as get a, that,
0: but as a, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't. Right. But it, I mean, right. it was
1: also interesting because I talked to people who were in LA. I talked to people in New Hampshire, up in Maine, and they'd be like, "I caught him on TV today." So everybody was watching. He was kind of a beacon of hope for a little while, you know. Like, yeah, it was very interesting. It was very fascinating.
0: Yeah, it was. It was, and we watched it. Um, every, you know, you set your clock to it. Oh, he's on at twelve or whatever it was. You know. Yeah. yeah. But so all of the, all of those things help keep us as a family here, um, you know, head above water as far as, I mean, listen, I did, me like everybody else. I lost all my gigs, Yeah, you know, as, uh, all my, 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 uh, monthly recovery, um, uh, music group gigs. I mean, I go to certain places every month, you yeah. know, like, like clockwork, but also I had some straight up rock and roll events that I was supposed to do, like charity events, like in different parts of the North Carolina and, and where I would gather with, you know, this crew that we do these things over the years. It's basically the same as It's Liberty DeVito from Billy Joel's band. It's like Jeff Carlisi from 38 Special. It's, oh, cool. you know, Rob Arthur who plays with Frampton. It's like, sometimes it's Willie, sometimes it's Paul Schaefer. And, and we do these charity things. And, and that's for a guy that's, you know, been around a long time in the music business. I love those more than anything. Like, I don't know if I'm the guy that, you know, for this record, I would love to definitely do an acoustic tour. Or 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 put a band together. If, you know, somebody wants to bankroll it. Of course, sure. I and and do little special gigs or do two weeks and then come home and then do. You know, I I can't. I don't think I'm the guy that's going to go on the road for you know six months.
1: Do you think going on? Uh, I mean, it's probably different now. But going on tour would would have any of those old feelings come back, or would it? It's a brand nah. new. Thing? brand new no thing. because
0: I was yeah I mean I got clean in eighty seven and I played with Jonah until ninety one so I was well on tour then okay dude I, I went on tour with Ian Hunter in Scandinavia and and, and uh in England I mean I was out, out with Southside Johnny for like a year. Wow. No and it was all because clean, it was all clean I, because I carry I carry my recovery with me you see. Yeah. Like i, I could still talk to, especially in this tech, tech technological age. Is that the right word?
1: Yes, I think that is technological. Okay.
0: Yes. Uh, we could go back to regalia if you want. We could do regalia
1: <laughs> technological. We're good.
0: Yeah. So, so I could take it with me. So, like you're in a hotel room, you call somebody else that's in recovery. You know, you, you could get up in the morning and take a uh, take a cab or something. You know, even back in the day when I first got it, when I was out with Joan, we'd pull into a town and I would call like, you know, intergroup for community support group meetings and and say, well, I'm here for two days. And they said, well, we have a meeting at four o'clock. Where are you? And I'd say, I'm at the higher. Well, you are actually about 20 minutes. You want us to come get you? And some stranger would come and pick me up. Wild. Um, you know, so so it's I carry it with me. So the answer to that is no. I mean, look, I do gigs. I go into clubs, bars, theaters, you know. That's, what, that's... I, I'm just not that person. Yeah. That's not to say that people that have a long, long-term sobriety all of a sudden don't just pick up. And then, you know, all hell breaks loose. I'm just saying that so far um, it's, it hasn't happened, thank God.
1: Yeah, knock on wood.
0: You got to keep your eye on the ball. That's the key.
1: Yeah, that is very true. That is very true. I would uh, be, re- we only have a few minutes left. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, how did uh, the whole band Joan, with with Joan start? How did you, like that whole thing go, like start as when you were in your early days?
0: Well, um, I had been in a couple of bands before that. I mean, obviously, I was in garage bands, but I was in a band called Susan. We were on RCA. You could find that record. Let's see how good you are. Um, and we toured with Grant Parker and The Rumor. That was my, and Tommy Mottola was our manager. Um, so that was, that was the first band I toured with. Uh, and then I came home, and then I was hanging out with Steve Marriott from Hubble Pie for a while, which mm. was really cool. Um, and I was writing with John Waite. Like, I didn't know what was going to be next. And then uh, my wife Carol, who's, uh, you know, a famous a public music publicist, was working at a place called Libra Krebs, which was a famous management company of the time um, that managed, like, Aerosmith and uh, Nugent and, uh, um, you know, Def Leppard and all these people. But um, Joan had the, um, Joan and Carol became friends back then because Joan had had the uh, Bad Reputation record out, right? And they didn't, I don't think they really had an office. So Lieberkrebs kind of gave them a spot and they were kind of, as, as the story goes, as far as I remember, they were selling the, you know, out of the back of the car, you know, like they, it was just, they were just beginning. And um, this is after the Runaways. And Carol said to me, um, do you know who Joan Jett is? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go down and play with her sometime? I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. She's great. And mm-hmm. I went down. Um, I knew nothing about what was going on, you know, but um, I went down there and I, I went into a studio. I can't remember what studio it was, um, because after all, it is 40 years ago.
1: Sure.
0: And we just got along great. And I joined the band and, and we recorded the Isle of Rock and Roll record, which parts of it were uh, already done with Eric Amble. And you know, he's on a, one or two tracks, and then I played rhythm around his stuff. And then you know, I did the whole rest of the record with, with the uh, Joan and Gary and Lee. And then we hit the road, man. You know, we were in a Winnebago and we were playing clubs, and the record came out and I started climbing the charts. And there you go, that's awesome. The
2: rest is history, the rest is history. Yeah, as
0: well, I mean, what and people always ask me, what was it like on the road when the record It's like, well, you're on the road, so you don't even really know what's going on. You're just getting these reports. Oh, the record's number 97. Oh, it's 77. It's 43. All you know is all of a sudden they go, you know what? We're getting rid of Winnebago. We're getting a tour bus. And I'm like, yeah. oh, things must be going okay. Yeah, you know? and okay. They, They're giving us a tour bus. Yeah. And the gigs got better, bigger. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. How are the uh, fans as far as like when you started? I think
0: if, if I remember correctly, we probably lost some from the like, Oh, you sold out. You're famous now.
1: That's always going to happen that, though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If I remember, but you know, we gained a, uh, obviously the, 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 the real died in the world. Uh, Joan Jet and the uh, Blackheart fans were there with us for the whole trip. And, um, and obviously, we got all new fans too. When we started playing, we started opening up for like everybody that you could think of: the Who, Deep Purple, ZZ Top, The Police. I mean, we played Shea Stadium with The Police. We did a whole tour with them. So, Aerosmith. Um, uh, we used to do those packages with like um, uh, with like Loverboy and Journey and Ario uh, Speedwagon. You know, it was like yeah. a like this whole thing Classic. would go out. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it was it was it was an amazing part of my life uh once again you know god bless joan for uh, inviting me to the party um and um, it was terrific and 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 you know what everything after was terrific there were spots where like i didn't know what i was going to do next and i was trying to like what do i sound like and i and i had some i had some false starts it's like yeah you know what i sound like i sound like a bad stones that's what i sound like <laughs> so i had to figure out I, I had to like figure out who i was
1: right yeah you know
0: um, and and put together bands some of them work some of them different didn't work, but um, yeah, I was always kept my head up and, and kept moving forward. And, and the first, re- the solo record Lifer that I did, which was before Clean Getaway, um, that was like me saying, okay, you know you know who I am? I'm a combination of everything I grew up listening to when I was 14 years old. So that's the record I'm making. And I think I've stuck to that. Like, you know, people say, I'm surprised you didn't say it, like oh, together sounds like glam. And this, this kind of reminds me of the faces and this, It's like yeah, because that's all me, man. That was me at fourteen. Like, Rod Stewart in the faces, the Stones, the the Who, the Kinks. You know, a little Otis Redding, a little Al Green, Wilson Pickett, and
1: the New York Yankees. You know, that's all. And the New York
0: Yankees. Yeah, I always carry that. No matter what happens, I always exactly. I got my favorite
2: baseball movie.
1: Oh, that's a good question. What's the best baseball baseball movie?
0: Or your favorite? Or your favorite? I have to. I'm going to stay the. Gary Cooper's Lou Gehrig.
1: Oh, that's a good one. That is a real good one. That, yeah, I that's... consider
0: myself self, self, one of the luckiest, luckiest, luckiest. Yeah, that was <laughs> a great one.
1: I mean, I, yeah. I, I I might say a League of Their Own might be
0: my favorite. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. League of that's their a, that's own. That's a pretty good one too. But there was, you know, and then there's the um Field of Dreams was pretty Field cool.
2: Of oh, jeez.
1: Field yeah, of Dreams is like right up there with it. Yeah. yeah. And then there's
0: Charlie Sheen.
1: Oh, Major League. Major League is fantastic.
2: Major League is really good. I grew up watching Field of Dreams and Major League with my dad. Yeah. And those were like fond memories of just watching those. And
1: then there's the, The Natural is like phenomenal, you know?
2: The natural. That's
1: Paul Newman. Yeah, it's Paul Newman. Uh, no, that's um. oof, why, why can't I remember his name?
0: Oh, um, Robert Redford.
1: Robert Redford. Yeah, Robert Redford. That right. Right. Fantastic. Yeah,
0: that was good. Was it a magic bat or something? What was? Yeah, what it was, was the on? magic
1: bat. The, the Wonder Bat. He had the Wonder Bat. The Wonder Bat. Oh.
0: Yeah. But, you know, when you watch like I'm sort of a Yankee historian, you know, like I mean, I grew up right up the block from Yankee Stadium. You could see the stadium from our kitchen. You could hear the roar um, of the crowd every night absolutely that's okay so cool. with the lights like when the lights were out in the house you could still see the lights you know shining from the stadium but um you know mickey mantle was my hero i was born october 20th and um and so was he i guess if i don't say so was he that means absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> but um uh like the, the 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 gary cooper movie uh why can't i remember the name of the movie um what the hell's the name of the movie
1: something to do with
0: Lou. I can't remember the name of it. I,
1: uh, on, I'll, I'll Google look it up. Yeah, we'll Google it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, you know, Babe Ruth is actually in the movie. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it's just like such a great, great film of him. Like that whole thing, how he got into baseball when the, when the, uh, the guy couldn't play and they put it through him in there. And that's how his career ended when he finally said, hey, I can't I can't go out there today because he had no he had no strength in his fingers anymore because of uh, ALS. It's just a really. It's I think pride of the Yankees, pride of the Yankees. Yeah, I Yankee. think about the one classic. Baseball <laughs> movie, <you've got
1: laughs> we can't think of that. Yankees. That's the Yankees in the name of
0: it. Yeah, pride of the Yankees. Yeah. What else yeah. Do you want to know?
1: That, that that's all right, I will have one more question. Uh, what's the best rock and roll moment in your life?
0: Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. Best rock and roll moment? Well, I got to play with Paul and Ringo at the Rock Hall. That was pretty good. That's pretty epic. That's pretty That's good. Really <laughs> That's, I mean, there's he, only a few people he, who could say that. Um. Well, there were a lot of people on stage, so it's more than a few. But right. But, you know that, no. that moment was. We did a little help for my friends, and we did. I want to be your man. I mean, and also, dude. You know, yeah. Paul and Ringo, but Stevie Wonder was playing harp to my left. You know.
1: So amazing. I mean,
0: Peter Wolf, Joe Walsh, like you know, Billy Joe Armstrong. I mean, uh, uh, Gary Clark Jr. was up there. You know, it was, I, it was pretty.
1: I always wonder when, when you do something like that, do you, do they give you a heads up of the song so you could learn it or do you just kind of, go oh, yeah. with it? Yeah, no,
0: no, at sound check.
1: Okay. At Soundcheck.
0: Yeah, no, no, we knew, we knew what song we knew with the two songs they were going to do. But the, 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 the thing is like that, that's one moment, but there's moments of like all of these events that I do as, as part of that all-star band I mentioned, I've done three songs with Smokey Robinson. I've done okay. three songs with, with, uh, with Brian Wilson, uh, I've done. Uh, uh You don't know. Uh, I mean, hold on, I'm coming with Sam Moore. I've, I've done. I'll take you there with Mavis Staples, dude. I stood on stage at Carnegie Hall with Roger Daltrey and did Behind Blue Eyes. Wow. I mean, what a life. What a life, Ricky. That's yeah. What. Yeah, we could we could end it. We could end this with this. um So we're playing. We're playing uh, a benefit, and you know, it was a benefit. The 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 uh, the chair chair people for this benefit were were Demi Moore and Bruce Willis. They had a when they were married. They had a a children's foundation, if I remember correctly. And we had just done the 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 adultery record. We did a radio tour and and things like that. We did some TV, like Letterman and Dennis Miller. And we're on stage at Soundcheck and we're doing behind blue eyes. We probably did other stuff too. Um, and I'm going to say it was Carnegie Hall, but it could have been Radio City. And um, if somebody knows, they could write in or <laughs> something, whatever you do on the radio. I hope you write
1: in. Write write yeah.
0: But um, so I see him and he's got a wireless mic. And I go to over to him and I say, Raj, um, aren't you going to twirl the mic? <laughs> a- and he looked at me and he tilted his head to the side as he would. And he goes, you think I should, Ricky? And I said, can I curse or no?
1: Yeah, you can curse.
0: And I said, <laughs> I've been waiting 30 motherfucking years for this moment. Put a wire on the mic. <laughs> and, and, you know, so the, the, he calls, you know, the guy comes out, he puts it right. Okay, so it's time for showtime. And we're doing behind blue eyes. No one knows. And we get to the middle bit. And I hear this, this, this. And I look to my left, and the mic is about six inches from my face.
1: I was just whizzing by. <laughs> whizzing by my face
0: and he's got a big grin on his face. How's that for a story?
1: That's a great story. Ricky bird, Ricky Thanks so much for
0: stopping by, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time go out. Uh, listen, if you're struggling uh, with addiction, you're going to definitely hear something in this record in sobering times. If you're in, already in recovery, it's going to remind you of why you're in recovery, you know, and if you're just a rock and roll fan, it's got s- plenty of swagger, man. Yeah, I
1: really dug it. I really dug it.
0: It's it's a big ass rock and roll record. There's some beautiful acoustic stuff on there, but it's definitely a rock and roll record. So you know, if you want to uh, help the cause, so I can keep doing these these records and stuff like that, it's rickybird.com. Or if you want a signed copy, or just go on like Amazon or all those those, cool rickybird.com
1: with a Y bird with a Y. Don't forget bird with a Y. And uh, we'll see you next time, buddy. Thanks so much. I appreciate
0: it, man. Yes.